0: strange
1: fruit hanging from the poplar trees and when you shared the story um, as horrific as it is that has been the reality of this period Um, many people in our space even some of the women who volunteer in our programs have themselves in their homes, experience um, the silent pandemic, the one that wasn't talked about um, on the news, uh, the numbers, you know, not and the impact is it's, it's impossible to, to measure.
0: trees, from the
1: poplar trees. All right. So uh, we are in our third and final session of the uh, Black Men's Diesel podcasts. And we're going to basically have two questions. We're just rounding it up. And we are starting first with the brothers, um, Is reactions from the last podcast we had or the last session we had where the sisters basically described um, it was brought up that sisters and women um, are attracted to alpha males. And the subject of an alpha male, what it is, was brought up. Who an alpha is, was brought up. And the sisters described their description of alpha males. And we want to get into this debate. You know, A question was asked whether it is, is it okay you know, to want an alpha male? Is that healthy or does that um, go back into the toxicity? And I must state, not all. The sisters said they want alpha males, but a large majority said they did. And I want to ask the brothers who were present, when you were hearing these descriptions, when you were hearing this, and even some who weren't present, when you hear you know, alpha male, what comes to mind? What was the sense you got? Um, did you feel that, um, you know, applying it would mean that you'd have to express a measure of toxicity or broken masculinity, or did you think it was completely uh, warranted? Yes, brothers, the the floor is yours.
2: Yes, Lisseti. Good evening, everyone. Um, So yeah, just in in response to Mike's question, I think from the um, last session and, and just when I interrogate that question of alpha male and um, what an alpha male is supposed to embody and all of that and whether or not it would be a good thing um, for women in particular to desire an alpha male. One of the th- first questions I ask myself is um, um, do we really all have the same understanding and conception of what it means to be an alpha male because oftentimes we have somewhat primal or animalistic understanding that you have this group of people that's sort of like a pack of wolves at the one that Fights exactly. the hardest, and hunts the best, runs the fastest. That is what that is the person that embodies what it means to be alpha. But now I think it could perhaps be different when we're dealing with human beings who are a lot more sophisticated and intelligent. And on top of that, it really is something I believe also touches on societal values. So, um, one of the other questions I always ask myself is uh, to what extent does our idea of what an alpha man or an alpha male looks like embody the value system um, that underpins our society. And why I believe it isn't necessarily a terrible thing um, for a man to be perceived as an alpha male is just based on the premise that if we can have a society that advances and promotes good values and identifies certain people who embody those values as the quote-unquote alpha, um, whatever, and alpha not in the sense that you're the best among the best, but just alpha in the sense that you are someone who truly embodies that character, um, then I don't think it would necessarily be a bad thing. Um, I just think society has tarnished that label to such a point where we immediately associate with that big buff guy from high school who beats up all the skinny kids and all of that. Um, which I don't believe should necessarily be. I wonder, and maybe sisters can get
1: back to this later after the brothers speak, what role does a man being viewed as an alpha play in his attractiveness? I think, um, you know, human beings are social creatures. And um, this is just a disclaimer. When I say I think, uh, I'm not always speaking for, you know, my opinion, but just trying to stimulate conversation. Um, Human beings are social creatures. Um, do care about social approval. And I wonder to what extent does a man being viewed as an alpha actually play in his attractiveness towards a woman? You know, um, perhaps if you are viewed in a certain way by society, it might make you more or less attractive. And I wonder if being ostracized for your integrity is something that's actually attractive in general. Um, But just another, brother, how did you take it when... You how did you understand the idea of a woman wanting an alpha and when you heard their descriptions, was that to you a call to more or less toxicity? Was it a bit confuse, confusing? Um how how do you make sense of it and get through it? Uh, yes, Mvelo.
3: Hi guys. Um firstly uh um and just on, on my side, right, um, I, I grew up in a part of the country where I'll say that just growing up, I, uh, I was never really exposed to the term alpha male. And the only time that I actually like saw it being just um, conceptualized was like probably just on TV. And so like my pictures of what an alpha male would be is just like, okay, from the Western movies and whatnot. And then it's only now when you're realizing, oh, okay. Um some concepts actually do link up with just um our uh, african um society and how we live, but I think like on this platform right so it was it was quite interesting and shocking really um to hear that maybe Whoa. some 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 Whoa. of our women um would actually be interested in um getting in with a, an alphabet um simply because I find it quite dangerous in a sense that we are in a society where um like when you're looking at the stats, they're, they're increasing daily and just we're rooted our, um how society is just really rooted in violence and just patriarchy. And having to now say that I want an alpha male and making sure that that alpha male is not um, built up in that broken value system for me. It's like, how do you make sure that that happens? And, and maybe I think from their side and what maybe they would want is um, an alpha male maybe that protects but from a society that we're coming from when i look at an alpha male my first picture is that this is someone who's violent aggressive someone who does not lead with um consultation this is an authoritarian within that relationship so i find it quite dangerous that we would um actually want that in a space where especially when you're trying to like conscientize like the society and
1: people around mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that that is a sentiment that was echoed by uh, uh, many others who, who hear that. That's often a sentiment that's echoed. Let me um, see if there are some other brothers who want to lend their voices in, please. Um, how did you understand the descriptions of an alpha male? Did you view it as a, a healthy thing, an unhealthy thing? Um, did you feel that it was a yeah, call to positive masculinity? Poo-poo you wanted to come in
4: hi um, yeah I think just to add to what you guys are saying and also like just yeah idea both knocking around as you speak is I, I I do think that the image of an alpha male as we know it or as we see it and what we think might be unhealthy is the bastardization of of traits that actually should be within a man you know the aspect of I think the aspect of a male being able to have dominion in a setting is a very good and a very healthy thing. But when that, when, when that, is, that image of that is then broken, what men then do is exert dominance in violent ways upon not only the environment, but the people. You know? And you get broken forms of leadership by men in power. And you see that even with the aspect of being, of men having provision, um, how that has been, that is a key factor and is very important, but it being turned, or rather the leaning on that being very unhealthy means that it's become very detrimental toward that. And even like for instance, the aspect of being uh, a protector, not leaning more on men being able to build protective and safe environments for people, but rather being a protector through exerting themselves violently is very problematic. And I think what what, what that does is, it's like for instance in sports what's happened is, a lot of a lot of sports that are dependent on physicality. They so much they went through a period like in the late nineties and early two thousands where the physical traits of the athlete were the most important thing. But then what began to happen is that they developed athletes who were not traditionally that big in any sport, yes. in tennis and rugby and football. And they use other skill sets to exert the same level of dominion and dominance. And what then happened is that a lot of those sports became aesthetically more pleasing, which attracted more revenue. But more importantly, they became more inclusive, meaning that there wasn't one particular type of athlete that could be a success. There was a variety. And that, and, and that came from, the focus shifting toward what is this thing that we're looking for and what traits can help us achieve that so looking at dominion not as you being more powerful than anyone else but dominion is capacity to exert positive influence and then taking whatever traits that other men might have in their different forms and allowing them to flourish in that context um so i think that the main issue with the alpha is the the bastardization of the key thing and um, in my opinion, as, as I see it right now. And I think as we begin to shift um, toward recognizing that dominion is important, then can we have dominion within or have men express forms of dominion that are healthier, that are better. And and once we get that, we'll start to realize that the, the aspect of being a dom or being a man who's able to exert dominion will be more inclusive and consequently healthier.
1: Yeah, and something I wanted to say when you started, you said, you know, it's not a bad thing for males to have dominion. Why then are males so hostile to the idea of female dominion? Is the ability to exert positive change or influence something that is unique to the male? Absolutely
4: not. I think that comes from men not realizing that the important thing is not that they, are, they exert dominion and positive influence, but that dominion and positive influence must be exerted on the community and that anyone can be a source of that. So I think um, the concept of the alpha male is so broken that it causes that insecurity that comes from it, causes us to view the aspect of dominion correctly and not allow, and that makes us not be open toward other people assisting us in the goal of dominion for the society that we're in, including women and young people and other men who are not traditionally or what would be considered alpha males.
1: And I think something, you know, I'm going to go to the sisters now because I know that Impilo's been um, make, writing comments on the chat section that I've been reading. I think one of the things that needs to be understood is that there are two different conversations being had um, between the men and the women. The women were describing the kind of man they want. And we as men were describing what we hear from them. But in what we hear from them, much of it was as as men who have experienced the societal pressures that they are in conforming to whatever form of manhood or masculinity, we are then reacting to not just what they've said, but also what society is saying. And something that's very interesting, because um, I'm going to tie in what I'm saying now, so, so just bear with me, is that masculinity is not bad. Manhood or manliness is not bad characteristics that have been deemed traditionally to be male, whether rightly or wrongly, are not in themselves bad. Yes. But what has happened is that because of the level of abuse that has been exerted on youth, children, women, by this idea of masculinity and manhood, that's when we get the words toxic masculinity, broken masculinity, uh, broken manhood, whatever, um, phrasing suits you best. We have now gotten into, you know, people referred to it as the bastardization of manhood. Uh, Tabiswen Swen said, you know, said these are bad definitions of it. Um, you know, was uh, talking about, you know, this it's just crooked. We've reached a point where we are starting to demonize masculinity. And that's something that has been echoed in almost all of our imbeasles. And now men who are trying to find themselves in an era where masculine traits have been demonized, oftentimes find themselves in like an amplified identity crisis. And the biggest longing, and this I want to say to the brothers, and I'll get back to you after leaving the floor to the sisters, that I've heard from men in the three years of Mbizos we've had is Can you show me a value system? Can we build? And and oftentimes they're like, we don't want a person, we don't want some famous figure or some famous great man to emulate, but can we build, you know, um, a man? Can we actually say this is what makes a man? Can there be an an image? Can there be an ideal of masculinity, of manhood that we strive towards that does not demonize things that some would say are natural things that a culture has promoted rightfully or wrongly but that can actually use strength physical strength for example as a healthy trait and the list can go on and on and one thing and this is where i want to connect it to to the woman that astonished us in our first uh black men's and bees we had a survey um that women had to fill in about what, how they viewed men, what they wanted in a man. And we found, by and large, the large majority of women, and the women we surveyed, the survey was skewed, so it wasn't like broad general. it was young women, primarily, yeah, under the age of 35, working working, and students. So these are women with great economic agency, definitely a part of the privileged class in our country because they have access to higher education and and. Of employment, which is unfortunately a privilege in our country at this present stage. And many of them do not demonize masculinity. Many of them want, quote unquote, masculine man. They want a man who can protect. They want a man who can provide. They want a man who can demonstrate headship in some capacity. So it's not so much the idea of a manhood or a man, but it is the abuse of it, the perversion of it, the violent oppression by it that women reject. Um, and it is at this stage that I, I just want to uh, pass to Mbilo who has some thoughts. I'm not sure if they, they will still be the same, because I think the conversation has, you know, come more to an intersection. But I'd just love for you to just share your thoughts, because you were um, dropping some comments on the side. I saw Pumla as well. Yeah, Impilo? Um,
5: So I think for me, the, the main thing, and I think you kind of touched on it, why maybe the brothers wouldn't be able to understand why we would say we want um, an alpha male because you guys are not women. And I'm hoping in my explanation, it could kind of give a bit more clarity to the approach. Uh,
1: yeah, And I would ask that the listeners bear with you as well. That you listen in full and listen in context. Yes, please and below. Yes.
5: Um so in what I wanted to first start off with it's important that we interrogate the alpha male concept and where it came from, right? So obviously it came as the city mentioned, um, with the studying of animals and just how um animals operate. And I always hate how science just would wanna mm-hmm. simply give us the simple dynamics of nature. Um, when it comes to animals, and then just apply that to humans who are way more complex. But my point that I'm trying to drive is that this came, or the research started growing, especially in the society of context now, taking up that whole idea of alpha male. Um, it started really growing within the 1950s, 60s, 70s. So you see then there was like a following of firstly World War One, World War II, and then which was also followed by, um, you know, the whole Cold War um, happening, and then in the America taking it as the dominant, um, what you call this country, right, in the world, the global power. So it was literally in American society that uh, that that idea of alpha male really started off in the political space. But it really was a matter of power, and that's why the idea of dominance is so highly associated with it, right? So I think understanding it from that helps a lot, especially with the stories that Mike was sharing about, you know, guys who are just literally bullies. Um, being referred to as the alpha male. But I think as a, from, as a woman, right, I want to just give a couple of scenarios where for me, I was just like, actually, yes, it's not a bad thing to want an alpha male. I'll give a work example and I'll give a personal example. So work-wise, I'm in a space where, um, you know, fighting for or advocating for women's rights and children's rights. And um, in... Some certain instances where let's say I'm working with my male counterparts, um, you find yourself in a in a bit of a in a bit of a, a tassel in that you can see that they really firstly are having their own egotistical issues, like, okay, firstly she's young, she's a woman. And constantly I'm having to strategize and be like, okay, we have to deal with the ball and not the player, so that I can get to the overall goal of what it is that we came here for. So this is like a daily reality for most women, right? And to even give another example of what women have to go through throughout their lives. My boss, she's a renowned humanitarian um, politician across the continent, and I remember her narrating a meeting she had with one of the presidents on the continent, and literally, this man was from the beginning of the meeting till the very end, just completely lusting after, completely infatuated, couldn't even be bothered by the agenda. We're trying to save people's lives here. When are you taken away by the presence of this woman, like Ho and her beauty and all that stuff? And for me, it was just like, these are the realities that we're having to be fighting every day. So every day, you engage as a woman in this field, understand that you need to be strategic, you need to be ahead above everyone else. Like, it's just constant fighting, right? And so for me, now coming into my own personal space, I always say, and I shared this with Mike, that I think there's only a certain level of gentleness um, and softness that I, as a woman, can only be able to express in my intimate relationship with my husband. And so there are good parts of masculinity, which I really do hope he will be comfortable in expressing because I can't be out here from... Five to seven, constantly fighting battles, strategizing. No, and then I must also come into my house, and it's like the same thing again with my partner. It's just like, no, I need rest, you know. I'm and good. so for me, yeah. So I'm hoping that explanation kind of gives a bit of a why
1: yeah.
5: for male. Yeah.
1: No, I think there's something that, that's amazing, and you actually uh, beat me to it. I was saying when I reflected on what the sister said last week the most dominant trait was not so much strength or even intelligence or even financial um, uh, uh, you know agency in a man but the ability for a man to make a woman rest and brothers I thought that that was a bit counterintuitive right that what a woman wants in an alpha man is a man who can create a space where a woman can rest another word for rest is peace and you know, I hope I'm not changing the tone of the conversation too much, but reflecting over and allowing these thoughts to just be meditated upon within myself, I realized that it actually isn't counterintuitive. When we think that women are at war and, I, you know, and tried to police herself, she said, fighting for women and children's rights, which, rights, which is actually what she does. She switched to the word advocating, but really is a fight. And when women daily live in a war zone, and excuse my voice, um, it makes sense that they want to come home to a place that has peace. And um, just in doing the test as how the brothers heard it, and I think sometimes it kind of speaks to, as Bilo mentioned, the gap between men and women, is none of the brothers necessarily expressly talked about the fact that the word rest the word peace the word I want to be able to come to a home where I can relax was repeated and almost very few of the brothers picked up on the fact that the need the desire for that is because our world our society as it is is a war on women and I'm not trying to be dramatic I'm just inferring from what was said and obviously the ladies will correct me if I'm being dramatic there. But that that is certainly the sense I got in trying to think about it. Um, Praise and and Pumla, I saw you guys were commenting as well on, as the brothers were talking on this idea of alpha and and, um, so forth. Please uh, feel free to assist us. Mina as well, I saw you just uh, commented as well.
6: Uh, hi. Can you hear me, bye?
2: Yeah. Yes.
6: Okay. Great. So, um, when I think of an alpha male, um, I always remember our head boy in high school, and he was completely. Oh, was he opposite. handsome? <laughs> I'm
7: teasing
1: you. I'm teasing you. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Yes, he was
6: completely please, the opposite. not quite the opposite. Let me just describe him. Okay.
1: I I hope he's listening. Please send him the podcast.
6: (laughs) Not at all. He was polite. He was kind. He was helpful. He was passionate. He was intelligent. He was athletic. He was just good at what he does. And he didn't necessarily and he played rugby, and you know, sometimes, um, rugby boys are, you know, considered to be a bit obnoxious, but he was nothing like what the other alpha, like, there's, um, there's an alpha that you express that we can tell is not really who you are, but there's an alpha that comes from within, that you don't necessarily have to announce it that it just is and he just was you know what I mean that, so that's,
1: not, I'm sorry to say this sounds very poetic it sounds so beautiful I want to meet this man
6: <laughs> no he was incredible he was really incredible he was really helpful um he really went out of his way to make sure that not only the women but Even the brothers were all right emotionally, mentally, and it was nothing like I'd ever seen before. He had incredible leadership capabilities, and that for me was like, This is an alpha.
1: You know, I I think you know, the the word that praise, um, I think best encapsulates that sense from within that allows you to command respect is identity.
6: Yes. Yes, I
1: personally believe, and um, I know apart from our. In Bezos, but certainly in our leadership course um, at Obuma, we teach that identity is the foundation of authority, that all authority comes out of identity and you will never be able to exercise authority over your space, over your work, over your life if you don't know who you are. And um, unfortunately, the identity crisis that is prevalent in our nation makes it very difficult for men to exercise authority over their space and over their lives. And that oftentimes, as has been uh, narrated several times in our podcast already, manifests through violence, not on our space or on our lives, because we can't control that, but violence on women, on our children, on the vulnerable in our space. So because I can't control what's happening around me, I will try to oppress the people in my space. As a form of solace, um, Mina.
7: Oh, sorry. Hello, hi everyone. Okay. Um. Yes, I think I'd just like to comment firstly on what you and below, well, um, were speaking about, especially about the rest and the peace, right? That that really is quite, a, quite a, a big percentage of it that in in a male and you know, right now I not use the word alpha but in a male particularly a male who is a husband that's something that is a quality that's attractive a place where you can is, find Is rest- being a
1: boyfriend can you not find that in a boyfriend must it necessarily be in marriage or is it possible to find that in a boyfriend
7: um i'd rather okay maybe i can speak in the context of a husband can i say that
1: all right okay you know some some people have commitment issues but clearly you don't yes yes
6: Mm -hmm. particularly
7: in that phase in in that so rest is really um a big thing right for us as women and speaking to what praise was talking about just now is that when at least when I, rather, let me speak to when I see Alpha, I see feminine identity, right? I see somebody who knows their mandate, knows their space, and knows how to exercise the dominion that they've been. As given. I
1: hope brothers are listening, like this is this is 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 amazing that um, without cutting you, Mina, that I think women are articulating a better masculinity than most men are able to articulate, which is like awkward but i'm um, continuing
7: yes so i do understand it, the toxic image because i've been i was hearing the toxic image but i'm like yes the name represented toxic image but in our explanation that's not who we saw the toxic yeah. man is not the one we want and that's not the one we dream about hence we never ex- actually even spoke about him you know but i understand the the name and the weight in which it carries currently, you know. But yes, a man who's feminine his identity often has such a beautiful ability to exercise the dominion that he needs to exercise and knows exactly how to steward that dominion in such a way that there's protection and there's healing and there's peace and there's love and there's restoration. You yeah, know? I, and mm. those things just kind of like ooze out. And those are the expectations in which we expect.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I notice a lot, and this is everywhere when we have conversations about manhood, the, the phrase dominion will come, and that very much has a, a, a root in the Judeo-Christian worldview, which is, of course, very dominant um, globally because of, well, colonialism. Others would say providence. Um, but I wonder if uh, there are other elements that perhaps... Besides dominion, that would play a role in an eligible bachelor or a man who would be positive, a positive influence and a positive agent in society. And maybe that's a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I don't know if there are other sisters who want to just comment. a Pumla, I know you were one of the sisters who said no, you don't want an alpha male at all. Um, so how how was listening to that? How did that? Um, come across to you, the brother's reactions. What are your thoughts um, on, I guess now we're having conversation on redefining the
2: alpha, you know? Um, yeah.
1: Pumla? All right, it seems like Pumla might be gone.
0: Portia? Hi, guys. Um, Yeah, this conversation is very interesting. And I don't know. I think um, from everyone who has spoken, I think the the main point of definition, I think, is what has been raised the most. And I think now it's a thing of... um, the question I have is firstly, does this, does, does this mean that an alpha male is not like you can't definitely generalize what an alpha male is. Uh, I think it's more of a question, but looking on my side, if I have to, um, define what an alpha male would look like to me. And I think I, I kind of did comment on that last time was on the fact that he actually, no- and I, I think it, it, it looks at identity as uh, Sister Mina has said and, and, and all of that. I think more importantly for me is someone who is comfortable in their own skin. I think um, a lot of males have this thing where they would like to uh, make someone else happy, other males happy. And I think last time we did speak about how males are afraid of other males, is that, you know, when and a man is is looking up to their uncle to uh, affirm their identity as man or to their friends, uh, that does not necessarily mean the person is an alpha male, especially when you look at, um, you know, guys in sports, as priests have spoken about that, which, you know, in rugby, there's a specific image that uh, identifies the male. I think when a person does not... Uh, their alphaness I guess does not depend on what other people say. I think that is very uh, for me that is that was that's what an alpha male is and specifically for me, I think another one is gentle when someone is able to be gentle that for me I think is is kind of defines an alpha male because then you're not aggressive because of situations or because of um, because of a i don't know every action or something like someone who's calm someone who's gentle uh i guess th- that's my preference when oh my definition of alpha male not preference but definition of alpha male rather. but yeah i when listening to everyone uh i realized that you know we we we've had this toxic i guess uh broken definition of what an alpha male is and i also have a question i think the question again is does this mean that now an alpha male, you can't generalize what an alpha male is? Because it seems like everyone has like their own uh, definition of what that male or that alpha male is. Uh, I think that's it for me.
1: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think quite right. My, our, and obviously we're in a space that the men in the space are um, BMI champions. The women in the space are heavily involved. Um, not just in the BMI, but in many other activities um, linked to creating social change. So amongst change agents, of course, there'd be a tendency to challenge definitions. Um, but from your question, Portia, I guess arises the last question really for uh, for our discussion, which is where to from here. So, I mean, the one thing that is evident, not just from the Inbezos, but even this podcast, podcast series with, with those most familiar with it, is the necessity to transform what manhood is, the necessity to transform society, society as a whole, um, and the necessity to challenge the norms of what it means to be a man. So, um, and this is open to men, women, everyone, where we're, we're two from here. Where do we go from here? What is supposed to be the, what are the marching orders? What should be the beat, you know, that the drum line is moving to with, you know, and I know we've had a a intense conversation over the last few sessions, but just from from your angle, from your perspective, where to from here? And I know many people listening to this, would we'll be familiar with the, the kind of oppression and violence against women and, and children in our country. And when you hear discussions like this, as one brother put it out to me, he said, you know, Mike, I'm tired. I see you with all your energy trying to do things. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of, of and this was a man. He's like, I'm tired of accompanying friends to the police station. I'm tired of, you know, having to help people with with rape cases and so forth. And he was a person in a legal background. So much of his work had to do with that. And when we say where to from here, we we must bear in mind the urgency of the moment, the urgency of, and it's not just been this moment, it's been the moment women have been living in quite literally, at least for the several hundred years we, we have recorded history for. So yes, brothers, sisters, where to from
7: here? Um, In terms of where to from here, I think we've really started off on a good foot is that the imbezos have really, especially as we know the black men's imbezos have been challenging norms, have been speaking about definitions. So the conversations that have been happening, I'm saying we continue with the conversation, but of course with an element of practicality. So, But this needs to happen more because it's clearly a mind fight and a lot needs to be undone in our minds as women, as men. A lot needs to be said too. A lot needs to be made clear. And of course the practical steps in terms of having a totally, if I can say, a totally re- Renewed mind. Renewed mind, yeah. You know? So we definitely yeah. need a mind that's, that's, that's changed. We need a mind that's different. And where to from here is more conversations in more spaces with mm. men of different ages, um, especially because the young ones need to be taught differently. The ones yeah. unlearn certain things and the old ones, I'm not too sure <laughs> what we're going to do over there, but Yes.
1: You know, without, without
7: what I have right now,
1: without stopping the flow of ideas, we're going to go to Lissetti next. Um, just two things from what Mina said is is the shift from conversation to action. You know, people are always like you know, Mike. Okay, it's a conversation. Is it action? Is a conversation. Is it action? And I think as Mina rightfully pointed out, when you shift the mind, the things people do will change. And of course, that speaker right, change the way people think and the things they do. Um, will never be the same or perhaps even Jesus Christ before him repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So it's an idea that um, has, you know, translated culture. You know, I know some people are like, Mike, did you just quote Biko and Jesus simultaneously? Yes, I did. And it's, it's interesting because there's such a mental block, but I do think, you know, one of the key things about successful activism is the ability to change conversation to action. Um. Yeah, and number two, something Mina said, which is something that a very prominent uh, woman in our country I have great respect for, approached me and told me, she said, you know, Mike, I think you waste too much energy on the older ones. And uh, Mina, you know, kind of, in a very kind way, said a similar thing. She's like, you know, I'm not so sure about the old ones. But definitely, if we want to shift the generation, um, human life and, and human societies have a turnover. People die, people are born. We must be aggressive about young men. We must be aggressive about youth, and that's something we are aggressive about. The, the, the youth, the young men, the boys, and, and girls, young women as well, we have to be most aggressive with them. And as for our, our elders, I do believe there's always hope to unlearn something. Um, and I mean, that, that maybe is a conversation where we can have with our champions and then people who are involved with us, and maybe have an honest conversation, taking stock about have we been successful with some of the older people? in uh, involved in our in our imbezos have we actually been able to change everything
2: uh, lisedy yes um i think my my response sort of um echoes Sister sentiments which is um there must be a follow-up of action and i think just not only in this conversation but in in many of the other imbezos that we've had one of the um Quotes that I, I love the most and always comes to mind whenever we have these discussions is something that was once um, said by Edmund Burke that all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing, um, and really that is what the what the issue is is that yes we can have our talks but if there's no doing um, if there's no action that that follows it up then really um, and and what should be the and I think it, it sort of ties into what uh, Sister Mina said—that um, having these discussions with friends, with family, with younger brothers, younger siblings, um, nephews, nieces, whatever the case may be—but also um, seeing how we can be that light in the darkness in the spaces that we occupy. So this is not necessarily a call for you to, um, you know, grab a microphone and, and stand in the streets and shout. If, if that is what you are led to do, then by all means do so. But it, it begins with these um, small conversations that we have and spread out from our intimate settings to the broader society. And also what that must be accompanied by as, as Sister Mina and yourself shared is this change in mindset and the renewal of, of, of the mindset. And I think for men particularly, getting out of um, our comfort zone is one of the biggest things that we have to do because I would say just from my personal um, experience, the biggest barrier or the biggest challenge is actually um, taking myself out of that mindset that no one um, is going to listen to you or you're not qualified to, to preach this message or whatever the case may be. And I think that that really is the first step. So the most practical step um, begins with self. Um, this I mean in particular for the, for the black man. And I, I found it quite interesting that you quoted um, both Biko and Jesus, because what what was quite interesting um, about the whole black consciousness movement was that it wasn't meant to be some alternate political ideology or just some philosophy, but there were so many existential elements to it. And much of that has to do with the mind, yeah. hence, conscientizing or the conscientization of the black woman and man. Um, so yes, the, the, the mental battle is a really huge thing um, that needs to be overcome and then from there once the mind has been renewed and transformed um, then that is followed by the the sharing of, of this new news, this good news, this um, transformed reality um, being communicated from ourselves to to the rest of society. So I think that would just be my input.
1: Yeah, and I think something just to highlight something Lissetti, uh has touched on, but I just want to emphasize it even more is that the battle that we're talking about isn't taking place in the streets, it's taking place in the home. And COVID-19 has proven that and cemented that beyond a shadow of a doubt that where the most transformation needs to take place is at home. And as so many women have shared, in many of our conversations and many of our ambizos. Unfortunately, the majority of them first experienced abuse or violence of some sort at home. And when we talk about shifting from conversation to action, we're not calling for more protests. Those are good. We're not calling for more shouting on the streets. Those are good because there are structures and Um, citadels of influence that we must transform as well. But the most revolutionary thing we can do in this struggle is to transform our homes, to make the houses we live in safer, to transform our workplaces, as Luceli said, your space and our universities, to make them safer. Because the oppression is not happening far away, the oppression is in your space. And black man, black woman, whatever space you are in, the revolution is to transform that space. It is to shift that space, is to make that space more hospitable, more peaceful, more restful, more harmonious for all the people in that space. Praise.
6: Sorry about that. Um, So for me, um, last words to, to men in general is that um, in as much as you have the potential to be a perpetrator a murderer a, an abuser you also have the great potential to be a leader, a world changer um, and effect positive change in your family and in your community. I must say, um, growing up, it was always incredible for me to see how um, the boys would kind of create the vibe for the school. Like if the boys were hyped then the whole school was hyped. And I was like, what is it about, you know, these people? So my final words are just words of encouragement. Um, Like Mike said, we want to move from the passive to the active and it all starts from within i believe and i want you all to have dreams believe in your dreams pursue your dreams it's quite difficult to be doing the wrong thing when you're you know occupied with the right things so yeah yes, you can do it you will do it and have the humility to acknowledge that you may be wrong you may um you know, have you may believe something that is not necessarily, you know, constructive, but have yeah. the humility enough to learn from that and to change your habits and love yourself through your growth. And in that, you will save yourself. You will save a lot of people and help a lot of lives as well. Um, yeah, just be ready and willing to listen. Um, I appreciate the presence of males in my life. There's nothing that can replace that and all I want is for them to be the best versions of themselves and in that, we will all reap the benefits. So yes, those are my words. So
1: right. well, Thank you, Praise. You actually were encouraging men there very much. Uh, thank you for that encouragement. Portia?
0: Um, so... Where to from here? I think I've been um, traveling with a taxi a lot, and I realized a lot of things. And regarding where men are in our country, rather the men that take taxis, rather let me not generalize. But I realized also that um, the conversation, the little conversation that you have with a person, I think whether you think they listened or they heard you or not, whether it became a an argument. Um, and maybe didn't end up as great as you would have wished. I think conversations are very important. Um, not only in these spaces, but also like in your own space in the taxi yes. where one brother taxi is yeah. to, and when your cousin is trying to, I don't know, hit on another girl on Facebook and decides to tell you or when you're going when you're walking the street, I think it's it's quite important for Meant to realize that uh, some of their thinking patterns are really bad. And it's always amazing to look at a man who's shocked by the fact that I told him what he did is wrong. And he realizes, oh man, actually. Because then that one line that you're going to say, or that no, or that it really does change something. I think it does bring some thoughts and some seed is planted in their mind. So I think. From here, for me, I've been loving having the mini conversations with men who are patriarchal and we have that toxic masculinity, um, where I tell them certain things is wrong, well, in a polite way, and I see them realizing how their lives have been kind of a lie for the longest time. So from here, I think the conversations here, of course, but also let's have those tough conversations outside. Um when you feel safe, that is specifically for females. For males, I think you can have them with your friends. But yeah,
1: that's for me. Yeah, and Portia, you know, um, you've shared a lot of your um, experiences doing, you know, activism in a taxi. And I think that is exactly the approach we need, is in whatever space we occupy, that's where the revolution starts. It's not a protest. It's not just a soapbox with you screaming from it but actually trying to shift the way people think and behave in the spaces you're in and that i think is what real dominion should be not oppression but influence towards positive change Mm. um pupu you have your hand up yes hi um
4: thank you so much i think yeah to echo what you said i think so encouraging um the light that the sisters are offering, especially. That is maybe we, we don't I don't think we appreciate how much value women can add to the conversation of how we can get better, not only for them but for us, you know. So thank you so much for that, first of all. Um I think the way forward from here also is just a real aggression and and I use this word deliberately to be very aggressive about ensuring that all the institutions that men find their value in and men find valuable, valuable to build them on the values of a healthy masculinity, you know? And I think you, you see that a lot in um, the last 15, 20 years where companies, um, large corporates are moving away from superstar hiring cultures where they hire the best and let people fend it off, moving towards... Focusing more on people who fit the environment better and make that environment um, grow and healthier and more conducive for people to be productive, you see it in like business practices of companies who move away from making a lot of profit but towards expressing whatever value they deem to be important and and you see it in many industries, and I think also there's an importance of then as we continue to ensure that these values underpin the day to day operations of our schools of our sporting institutions of our companies, of our homes, that we also then achieve success. There's nothing that validates your methods more yes. than being successful, you know. Yes, biggest yes. Sh- yes. Come from that, you know? so when Yes, we can preach healthy masculinity, build a company on, on healthy masculinity and a healthy, healthy culture of male-treating women, but if your company doesn't make a lot of money, doesn't grow a lot of people, and doesn't advance the industry that it's in, then your, your methods will never be validated. And if you want to, to have these values influence your industry at large, it's important to, for lack of a better word, win. Um, because the people that win often are the ones that shift cultures. And we need to ensure that if these values are important to us, whatever industries we show them in, we must then win. So that is to bring the rest of the world along with us. So, yeah.
8: Hey guys, Uh, sorry I was in the other room. Um, You know, going from here, I think, even though I may not know exactly how to implement it, but I think what would be very transformative is changing the value system. Okay, not changing. Um, Let's say renovate the the of um, you know the value system, because it it seems to me, and from what I've been hearing from the other participants in the in in this conversation, is that a lot of male behavior is influenced by what is um, you know what is validated by society, and that goes back to the value and moral system of that society. Um, you know um, personal agency aside, and if we can you know renovate that value system, I feel like most men right uh, most men with the exception of the disagreeable ones, um, most of them would be you know more than like more than happy to um, to to adopt that new value system and everything that it entails, and that in itself could be something that could be autonomous for several generations until you know the, the next transformative
1: process comes into light. Definitely, definitely. I think um, you know that's a valid point, and and you said something. You know, most you you'd be surprised, and I know Portia alluded to this as well how changing the way people think is not as scary as you think, or at least not even changing, but at least challenging, maybe changing might be hard, you know, but at least challenging the way people think is something that you can, you can do. Mm. Um, So um, please, I'm going to just, you know, kind of confine the, the, The next response is to like a few minutes. Oh, I see if Mbilo has a hand up, I'll give it, you know, a few minutes if that's possible. Um, Mbilo, one of the things I always think is uh, important to observe is oftentimes men have the, because of our laziness, have this almost assumption that women are going to be the ones to build us up. And I think the reconstruction, redevelopment and transformation of the man is something that should be done primarily by men. And that's why even when we have black men's imbizos, we do invite women like in sessions like these, but we also have sessions unto ourselves alone. And um, it's important for men to be active in driving themselves. I'll just add something, um, and maybe you can touch on this is, one of the things that's really exciting about the imbizu and that people have been most excited about is the fact that we are not trying to build a man for a woman build the black man for the black woman, Um, even though the black man engages the black woman perhaps more than any other person in society, but we are asking you to build yourself as a man for you, for your life, um, and for your ability to be a positive agent in society. It is more than just restoring relations between the man and the woman, but it is to actually have the black man come out as a human being that is able to express and enjoy themselves fully according to the potential that exists within them. And it might seem like an aloof idea, like Lizetti said, very existential, you know, kind of like a BCM. But nevertheless, it is um, something I think that is important to note. All right. Um,
5: Dealer? Um. Yes, um, so just the first thing I'm gonna say, um, just in terms of, I think future conversations moving forward that have to deal with male identity and masculinity. I think it's important that those kind of conversations don't only include us, women, when it relates to violence. Um, Those conversations should also include what would joy, peace, or safety, um, realizing our own potential, um, ending inequality, what would that also look like for the woman? And I think the best analogy I can give is as we always say to white people, that we can't um, educate you any further on your ignorance. I think it's the same um, with uh, men as well. And I, I say this because the last wave um,
1: of... Outrage... Do not, I don't know if I'm the only one. Am I the only one that was? Yes. Sorry, oh, we're just you to there. hear
5: me. Oh, is yes. this better? Yes. Yes. Um, and I think the the reason why I say this is because uh, yeah, feminists are very interesting in how Oof, they can the rap, signal like, is. is it still going in and out?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's just me. Is, is everyone able to hear her clearly or is the signal coming know, in and out
6: because i can hear I her yeah.
1: oh, oh is she not come. it might just be the signal on my side yes feel, feel free be
5: um yes i say this because just like feminists know how to play on women's emotions and um just recently there's just been this growing narrative of how women are just gonna get to a point where um, they're not going to want to engage anymore and all they're going to want to do is just fight and pick up arms and be violent. and I'm like okay um, I don't see that happening but okay it's interesting now how we, we're driving that narrative and so I think for me it's just it's, it's, but it's driving to a point where I just think they themselves are just tired of constantly having to educate men on something that men should be doing themselves and I think I'm going to just end on this point is that I don't believe that it's us it's our responsibility um, to build men up. And so I think also, I say this because also just in the women's camp, whether it's feminism or any other women's rights theory you 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 adhere to, there's still just a lot of things that we ourselves haven't conceptualized well, haven't really thought through and um, aren't really... Realistic in their approach of bringing solutions for women's issues. So I just I don't necessarily think that women are best suited to build up men. I think men have to do it. Um, themselves. And I think the last thing I'll just end on is that it's also important that with the action that we do moving forward. It must be clear. What kind of understanding is that action rooted in because we've seen a lot of people um, advocate for certain kind of actions when it comes to this Um but really then when you start interrogating this person and their consistency in their work, it just speaks of something completely different. And it shows that they themselves don't have an innate understanding of the problem they're dealing with and maybe are just a bit overwhelmed. So they're just taking things from the air to say something that will be appeasing to people. So, yeah, that's just my final yeah.
1: thought. And I think something important to note is she, um, below, before getting to, you know, to the point where she was, which kind of echoed what I said before, that, you know, women shouldn't be responsible for building men, said that does not mean we shouldn't have conversations with women. And she actually said, you know, when men converse with women, it must be beyond just conversations on gender-based violence, but economic inclusion, uh, social equality as well in other areas of of nation building. Um, And I think that, is important and I think in itself, it's quite transformative and very subversive because it will break also a mold that presently exists in our mind that, you know, the only form of oppression is violence against women. And not only that, but the only thing we should change is the violence we show towards women. But we perhaps have to overhaul um, in many instances the entire way our nation is set up in terms of how we engage with women and um, how men treat women in different spaces. So that's, that, that I think is an important uh, discussion. I want to thank um, all of you guys for being a part of this. Um, And we've had so many different panelists over the sessions. I would, it would be impossible to name them all, Uh, but uh, many of them um, BMI champions. And these are, uh, black men who have decided to to be agents of change in their space, who've decided to do the work of uh, learning, unlearning, educating themselves and being educators and many of them, if not all of them, I think very many all of them, I've had the opportunity to see um, in spaces where they're educating, influencing and changing and it is um, an honour and an absolute privilege to be a part of such a space and be a part of such a movement and of course to the women who have Volunteered, um, also part of our organization and, and very, very much um, involved in, in other spaces and these. From the very first in we had um, tremendous support from women, from um, Black radical feminists, from those who are a bit more conservative, from different women across fields. And I'm so glad that you were able to make the time to join us again and to lend your voices. And yes, it would fail me. I probably fail naming all the women who've helped us, but I want to say thank you um, for that. And for those of you who've been listening, thank you for listening as well. Um, There should be detail um, underneath the podcast on how to reach us. And I'd encourage you to please reach us, man and woman, black and white. And you know, um, regardless of of where you are, if you feel the need to reach us and you want to engage with us, please, please, please um, do. With that said, much strength, many blessings and uh, more power to you.